listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing, coming to you worldwide from MegaWare Kill Guard Studios. Aaron Martin, this is Kurt Dove, and we are on Bass Edge Radio, August 15, episode number 382. Aaron, we are uh, still sweating, but uh, still living, still going good. So uh, how are you been, buddy? Doing good. We have actually, uh, here in Missouri, have had uh, a bit of rain since since the August 1 episode, which is nice. I can't say it's put a lot of water back into, you know, the streams and lakes and everything else, but I'm anxious to talk a little bit about that, perhaps, Kurt, in our uh, Angler Spotlight interview, as, you know, we always talk about oxygen in the water and things like that, but we'll dive into that a little bit later. But, you know, as always, all things Bass Edge brought to us by our friends at MegaWare Kill Guard. Be sure to check out the uh, first do-it-yourself kill protector, the battery guard, flex step, one of your favorites, Kurt. Uh, list goes on and on, and that can be found at killguard.com. Kurt, any rest and relaxation coming up at uh, your stay at the cabin in Pennsylvania, or is that going to be all work-related? Uh, it's a little bit of both, so excited to uh, retreat from the heat for a few weeks before we jump into the fall season up in the Northeast and a uh, few events to uh, tackle uh, there in in uh, Maryland and then on my way back to Texas in Louisiana, a couple of open events coming up. So excited about that and, and starting to get prepared. Aaron, I got to mention, you talked about getting some rain up there in the Midwest. We are still dry down here in Texas. Since the last episode, Lake Amistad has hit another historic low since 2013 was our previous historic low. We're at a historic low right now. Concerning. Concerning. Very concerning. Least, Very but, concerning. Uh, yeah, we'll see how see how all that turns around. But like I say again, happy to be up in the Northeast for a little swing, might you say. Sure. And lower humidity, normally lower temperatures. Of course, you know, they're at the latter part of July and, and kind of first part of August. They've experienced certainly some extensive heat there as well. But hopefully you don't get carried off of or carried <laughs> right. off by any of those mosquitoes the size of doves up there. So, yeah, yeah. I'm interested to know, you know, you got we got the final two elite series events coming up here very shortly. That series is going to be over in a blink of an eye going to. Uh, yeah, they're doing back know, to back, right? Yeah. Yeah. We want to Lake Oahe, then uh Closing out, uh, which Hawaii is in South Dakota, and then closing out up in Wisconsin on the Mississippi River there at a lacrosse uh, general venue for lots of bass tournaments there. But, uh, yeah, man, this is going to close out pretty quick. It's going to be cool to see how the fall fishing is affected up there. Like, is it the same in the South? Or in, and we're going to have a guest on, a featured angler guest that we're going to pose that question to. Maybe the hottest or one of the hottest elite series guys right now for sure over the last eight months, 2022. He's, he's had an outstanding year. But we're going to talk a little bit, too, about some more tournament aspects in our next segment. We're going to have uh, Bradley Hallman on here. You know, uh, at the end of July, they announced that the Open Division is going to be changing up how they do elite qualification. Been a lot of talk about that over the Boy, last There sure has. Weeks. We even spent a little bit of time on uh, the August 1st episode diving into Yo. that a little bit. And, and now that we know a little more and there's a few more opinions out there, let's just say, Kurt. Yes, absolutely right. So we're going to break that down coming up in this next segment with Bradley Holmes. It's going to be interesting. Bradley, good good long-term friend of mine and the show and yours, of course. So uh, it's going to be fun to kind of break that 
down now that some time has passed. We've had some chance to digest what is exactly going on in this tournament world. So, uh, Aaron, let's kick right into it. Bass Edge Radio. We'll be right back with Bradley Hallman. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Live Well, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. Well, gang, as mentioned in the intro, uh, we're bringing in a good buddy of mine, long-time friend of Bass Edge, longtime tournament angling veteran. Man, we're going to chat some AAA fishing events, what the major organizations have kind of laid out for, and particularly in Bass, the Elite Series qualification standards. But bringing into the show, Bradley Hallman. Brad, thanks for swinging in to Bass Edge Radio. Hey guys, awesome to be back. Well, uh, Brad, you're such an insight. I know we're going a little bit outside of the guardrails of normal conversations on tackle and fishing prowess that you often talk about. But being a Bassmaster Opens competitor now, I'd like to really get your quick take on the new elite qualification standards uh, Bassmaster recently announced. You know, fishing all three divisions of the Bassmaster Open Series, a total of nine events, and finishing in the uh, top nine of the Angler of the Year standings will get your ticket to the 2024 Bassmaster Elite Series. Just jump in. What's your thoughts? Uh, feelings about that decision? I kind of had mixed thoughts about it, honestly, Aaron. You know, when it was first announced, it was, you know, none of us were expecting it. I can tell you that. So it was a little bit of a surprise. You know, I see both sides of the fence. And I think a lot of people saw me as a guy that had, you know, left one tour, come to, to Bass to try to requalify for the Elite Series, and that I would just be all giddy up because I was already fishing currently, you know, all of the opens to try to qualify for the Elite Series. And Mathematically, you know, um, the averages, it is better for a guy that is fishing all of them. There's, there's more spots, but honestly, it's, it's really three less spots too. At the same time, we went from 12 down to nine and then it takes away any opportunity to qualify for the elite series for a local regional angler. And I get that. I do. And also on the flip side for a guy that's fishing all of them, like I have been. I kind of, I've always looked at it like you've got four bingo cards. You know, you had a bingo card for the Southern Division and the Central and, and the Northern, and then you had one for the overall. And just because one bingo card in the Southern, you had a bad tournament down there where you couldn't make the Elite Series, you still had three bingo cards to play. And it's kind of been fun jockeying that thing around as well. So I see both sides. I think that Bass, in the long run, gets a better angler, better overall proven angler out of that overall group that's traveled nine, nine tournaments all across the country, no doubt. I totally agree with your, your sentiment there. You and Andrew Upshaw had a really nice, long conversation with Hank Weldon last month. And, and if anybody's interested to kind of watch that and what kind of – you know, Bassmaster's take is, you know, here right from Hank Weldon, the tournament director. I thought you guys did a great interview. And the one thing 
I feel like for Bass is that although they've had some, I guess, uh, negative feedback, you know, it seems like anybody that's negative, they, they just have more reason to have a bigger voice, right? And and if and if other anglers, they just don't think a whole lot about it, and it's like, hey, I'm just going to fish all nine, or okay, I'll just find something else to do, or just continue to fish three division or one division. There's still, you know, a chance to fish the Bassmaster Classic if you win. A tournament and and fish all three in a division. It, it seems to me that this makes a lot of sense. It seems to me it makes a lot of sense from the aspect of not only you mentioned that an angler is more prepared to be successful in the elite series, but also you can take this group of elite qualifiers and potentially give them a little bit more standout media than uh, just randomly fishing all these events and and hoping that. As you mentioned, your your number strikes and, and you win that bingo ticket. It's going to have a little bit better of a position for anglers that are all in on trying to make a BASS career to have that opportunity. Kurt, you know, I hear your point. Sustainability, right? A lot of times, and I would like Brad and Kurt, your opinion, because I have not fished at that level. I have fished the opens, but you know, it's expensive. And, and a lot of times individuals will run out of money or perhaps not be prepared in a certain geographic region. So getting kind of that nine tournament exposure does really test both the skills of the angler, but also just the, I guess, management financially and, and career wise. Um, you know, to somebody that's probably going to have some staying power and stick around in the elite series. I, I don't know what your thoughts, Brad, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, like I said, in the beginning, I, I really think that it, it's, it's geared towards a guy that is probably financially prepared to, you know, if you can financially take on those nine opens, you know, that guy's going to have a, a lot more opportunities to probably financially take on the elite series. And, and that's one of the big things, guys, that a lot of people don't talk about in this scenario when they're complaining and, and this needs to be made clear because Dove will tell you this as fact as I will. A lot of these guys complaining about this, they think that if they fish the three central divisions and they make the elite series, that all of a sudden the skies are going to open up and the sponsors are going to pour all this money onto them. And all of a sudden they're going to be able to afford that $50,000 entry fee price tag plus traveling costs that consist of the elite series. And that is not how this deal is done. It doesn't work that way. Kurt knows. I know we've been there. We've often had conversations where bass in the old format was setting up people for failure. (laughs) <laughs> right. They were, they were essentially selling something that people had thought they had an idea of what they were getting into, but really had no freaking clue. Now they've got a platform that if you are in the nine and fishing all the events and, and looking to qualify through this new EQ format, then you're, you're going to be prepared. So I think it's a good thing. I think it's really good. You know, for the weekend or the nine to five working anglers, you know, you know, they've shown Bass some tough love. How do you feel it's going to affect participation overall? Uh, Brad, you've got a you've got a tap on some of this. I've got a tap on some of this. But, you know, participation from a business standpoint for BASS in these open events uh, beginning, obviously, in 2023 and beyond. Where do you think that sits? I think, obviously, first thing we've got to look at is the economy. You know, I think economy, you and I both were on the Elite Series in 2008 when that bottom fell out. Yep. And uh, we talked about that. I mean, they had problems still in the Elite Series field. So that's going to have a big impact, whether this was the right decision or the wrong decision for, for Bass. But uh, with that being said, let's say that everything stays status quo. Um, this year, I believe we had 86 
guys just real close to 90 um, fished all the divisions. And this is without this being this EQ. That's how many fished all three divisions this year. So next year, I know that Bass's number that they're shooting for is right around 100. I think they're being a little bit um, – I, I think they're kind of like bass fishermen when they go to the scales with their bags. I think they're sandbagging a little bit. I think that they're <laughs> expecting around 120. Yeah, I think they're expecting about 125. And if the economy stays real stable, they could get up around 150. So I expect between 125 to 135, you see fishing all of them in 2023. Aaron, you're a financial guy. What, what do you feel like is the best deal in tournament bass and based on an angler's vision and goal? Well, you know, I I, th- I think we have to throw into the mix, um, just kind of like with, with Bass Nation, you know, and when we had some off-air uh, conversation on this, you know, leading into this interview um you know forgotten then, entity yeah forgotten it, it entity. really is and and we got on the whole topic of back in what was it oh three oh two bradley when we were talking about you know i used to fish the bass weekend series and fish the bfl and then also fish some opens um you know for the grassroots angler there needs to be i i think those localized events to to still work be able to work your way up from a payback standpoint in the BFLs, in in those areas, it's pretty tough. You're you're not doing it for the money. I can tell you that, Kurt. No one's tournament bassing for the money. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley, what do you think about that? I, I do. I think that it's a good option. You know, um, I don't know that it's the only option out there. I mean, there's a lot of things going on with fishing. I think that you know, I personally think that the you know the Toyota series with their championships is a viable. You know, if you look at the money, it makes sense. The West Coast guys have a lot of really good stuff going on, dude. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Their apex, their apex trail that they have is really, really cool and different and, and lucrative. And then uh, one bass is still going to draw a bunch of boats to the U.S. Open and some of their events. So they've got a lot of good stuff going on out there, too. What I really like is there's plenty of opportunity all over the place. We haven't even tapped into the MPFL, but you got West Coast, Bradley just mentioned. You got the MPFL. In the bass scenario, you got the nation, the opens, and the elites. Man, you can move over to the MLF. I haven't heard much about the TBF lately, I'll be honest, but but you had the TBF, may still be there or not, but you still got four other places to, to cement yourself, which is the BFLs, you know, kind of a local home regional deal. The Toyotas, as Bradley mentioned, I feel like one of the best buys, if there's a buy, in tournament bass fishing uh, because you fish three events and you can qualify to fish a $200,000 championship on three events, basically spending less than $10,000. Look at all these other tours with the elites or the pro circuit or the Bass Pro. Their championship is only three hundred thousand, and they're spending fifty to sixty thousand dollars to go fish those tours. So when you look at all that broke down, you know, continuing with MLF, obviously you got the pro circuit and the Bass Pro Tour levels above the Toyota Series, guys. Freaking opportunity all over the place. Don't, well, Kurt, don't, that's not even counting the high school and the college. I mean, for the younger audiences yeah, out there, yeah. you know, if you can get plugged into that right off the bat, what a huge advantage. Opportunities abound. So it, it, it's it's a good time to be a bass angler. Uh, at the same time, from an emotional standpoint, for for some folks, it's it's a tough time because things are changing. There's movement in the industry, but uh, man, you know, Bradley, we've always seen movement in this industry, particularly from a tournament format basis. And maybe the last five years, the most change we've ever seen. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Obviously, just with the merger, well, with the invention of, with MLF going out and going on their own, starting what they did, obviously, that's the most movement we've seen in this industry. 
probably since Ray Scott started. So that in itself. But beside that fact, they purchased FOW and, and, and merged those two companies. And yeah, I mean, it, it's without a doubt the, the most, you know, moving parts. And, you know, MLF's a new business. And so there's a lot of, and Bass does a lot of it too, but there's a lot of throwing paint on the wall and see what sticks. And what doesn't stick, they change, you yeah. know, and that's really what's going on right now. And that's what yeah. businesses do. Businesses have to meet the demand of their consumers. And, and you know, that's why MPFL was out there. There was a demand. That's why uh, you got, you know, Juan Bass is so successful out west. Uh, you know, and then and then Danglers out there created the Apex Tour. If you haven't checked that out, please Google Apex Tour West Coast. It's it's a legit bass fishing deal. It's pretty cool to see that out there. But, uh, man, I, I feel like, guys, you know, there's just so many opportunities out there. If you got to change your lane a little bit because organizations change their process don't take it personally just change your lane there's opportunities out there for making whatever it is you want to do whether it's the classic the elite series uh the pro circuit the toyotas you know all american red crest i mean the list goes on and on and on yeah no doubt bradley first off appreciate you being on the show again uh i i just love your transparency and we always know that when we ask a question it's not going to be uh sugar-coated or uh, you telling us what you think you want us to hear. How can listeners stay in tune with you, whether it's your social media, your YouTube, all of those things? Can you can you cover that briefly? Oh, yeah. They can hit me up. It's real simple. Bradley Allman Fishing. Whether you look that up on YouTube, you look that up on Instagram, you look that up on Twitter, Facebook, even Tiki Tack. Uh, you got it all covered. <laughs> That's great. Any, Are you a Snapchatter, Holman? I have not Snapchatted, but I have home and children in this house that do, but um, I am not alone on those lives now. Man, it's tough to keep up with all those things, man. Well, I tell you what, we're going to roll right into our next segment, the uh, Featured Angler Spotlight. Man, one of the hottest anglers on the Elite Series, winning two events this year in, in the BASS organization. Y'all stay tuned. It's going to be fun to talk to this next angler right after these messages. This is MLF Pro Circuit title champion Jimmy Washam. This is professional angler Andrew Upshaw. This is BASS Elite Series champion Brian Schmidt. This is BASS Open champion Nick LeBrun right here on Bass Edge Radio. Know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat, MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat. Guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also from MegaWare KeelGuard, SkegGuard, FlexStep Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare KeelGuard. This BASS Elite Series angler has been a staple on the tournament scene for almost a decade, getting two big wins this year, one of them being an Elite Series victory on Lake Pickwick. Currently sitting in the top five of the AOI standings with two events remaining on the Elite Series, we welcome to the show Brandon Lester. Brandon, welcome back to Bass Edge Radio, my friend. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on again. Well, Brandon, you are approaching 250 
1,000 in tournament winnings in 2022, a win at the Bassmaster Open on Toho, and a lead series win on Pickwick, like Kurt had mentioned. But just as impressive, you have cashed checks for $10,000 in every Elite Series event this year, with your lowest finish being 42nd at Lake Fork. Talk to us about that. Man, it's just been a heck of a season. You know, I mean, you hear guys talk about momentum in the sport and just being in a good place and making good decisions, and that's exactly how I've felt this whole season, man. It, it's just like during practice, I don't worry about it. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, a lot of my success this season is definitely because I won that first Open down there on the Kissimmee chain. I mean, I'm I'm not usually a guy that stresses out about tournaments or worries about things a whole lot. I'm a pretty laid-back guy. But winning that first Open right out of the gate, this year, I already had the classic made, man. So it's took a big load off of my mind when I go into an elite series tournament throughout this year. You know, you still want to catch them. You still want to do good. But that's a big stress off your mind because we kind of base our whole year around making that Bassmaster Classic, man, because that's such a big deal. But, yeah, it's, it's just been a good season. I've been in a, a real good place, been making good decisions. And life is good right now, man. It just is. That's uh, great to hear, Brenny. We hear that a lot, right? You know, you've you've accomplished something, you relax, people fish better, things just come to them. You got the momentum, all these types of feelings going on that help people be successful. Are we trying too hard when we don't have, you know, that momentum going and, and we're not feeling free? And do you feel like this is something that you can carry on? Or, I mean, you've got a lot of experience. Dive right. into that yeah. mentality just a little bit and why you feel like that that happens from a fishing perspective, not just a mental perspective. When it comes down to it, I think a lot of times it is that you're trying too hard. I've kind of come to realize in my career, when you try too hard to make it happen, you're standing directly in the path of letting it happen, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And I, wow, know that, I know that's kind of deep, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Like if you fish competitively, you know what I mean. Because most of the time, if you'll just keep your head down, keep fishing, it'll happen. It'll come to you. But man, when you start running around like a madman and trying to make off the wall decisions, a lot of times it, it won't happen. You'll fish right over the top of them. And that's just what I realized throughout my career. So I've learned to just slow down, take it easy and let things happen. You know, I've often thought myself like, you know, I don't have any AAA wins, got some top tens, you know, how many times have I fished through winning fish i mean i think winning fish are all over the lake right and Mm -hmm. and, um you know it's not always just well you got to be in x marks the spot to win this tournament they're all over the place you see top 10 patterns multitude of patterns in the top 10 of almost every event so I completely agree with that. And man, that was a really profound statement you had there. You know, you've got an outside shot to win the angler of the year, but a legitimate shot does exist. Uh, you're looking to push hard for top tens in these final two elite events. I mean, you, I, I really feel like you got two Brandons here, right? You got Lester and Polinick is leading the whole deal. So uh, with, with a couple guys in between, how do you approach these last couple of events to really kind kind of push the envelope to try to get over the top for that AOY championship. My whole goal is just to finish as strong as I possibly can this season. You know, at this point, things have been going so good. I don't feel like I need to change my strategy any or try to 
pushing me harder. I mean, I, I push hard at every event, you know, and Polnick, like you said, it's a very outside chance. Brandon Polnick is a heck of an angler. We've got a smallmouth tournament coming up again at Lake Oahe in a few weeks and then the Mississippi River, Upper Mississippi River, where he has almost won before. So I don't I don't expect him to falter, and I can't worry about that. You know, I've just got to go do my job and catch every single fish I can catch every day and let the chips fall where they may. If I can't win, there's still some good money in that top five and they wide. So that's kind of what I've got my sights set on, man, just finish as strong as possible and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, and certainly amongst that field, Brandon, you're cashing checks, you know, not to uh, go old school, but Jerry Maguire, show me the money. That's kind of what the sport's about and for you to stay out there and be able to do that. So that that's important as yeah. well, you know, and, and kind of along those same lines, August fishing can be kind of a tough month. Do you get out much there in southern Tennessee and how do you say kind of stay in tune during this time of year between events? I do. I try to make it a point to fish at least a couple of days a week when I'm home. I like to fish three days a week if I can, you know. Um, Obviously, I've got a wife and kids at home, and and when I'm home, I love spending time with them as well. But uh, I actually got out on Gunnersville for a while yesterday, and Gunnersville is only about an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes from my house. So I go down there and, and spend some time just playing around out deep and playing around up shallow in the grass. And that's a good part about my part of the country, man. you got a lot of different options. Over the weekend, I actually went night fishing with a friend of mine. We do some night fishing around here. But, yeah, I, I fish a good bit, and I'm always trying to work on my game, trying to better my game. I've, I've spent a lot of time the past year. I'm a Lawrence guy. I run Lawrence Active Target. And I've spent a lot of time, you know, trying to fine-tune that. Forward-facing sonar has definitely changed the sport of bass fishing. There's no doubt about it. So I've embraced that, and I've, I've been trying to learn that as much as I possibly can. But, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's hot, like you said, but... I, I still fish a good bit this time of year. Let's toss out some tips for weekend anglers and maybe some anglers fishing the, you know, like Tuesday night, Thursday night derbies. Obviously, those are really popular in the summertime. We've got great long hours of sunlight so uh, we can hit the lake after work and such. So how would you typically attack let's say, a three- or four-hour bassing session in the morning during this time of year. And then we'll back that up with maybe some differences in the evening bite. But let's first start with the morning bite during this, you know, kind of mid to late August time frame. First thing in the morning, I, I'm always going to be thinking some kind of a topwater. And and probably when you get into August, my favorite topwater is a buzzbait or something like a whopper plopper, something you can put the trolling motor on high, cover a lot of water with because i believe and i've seen this in a lot of parts of the country what happens at night it gets cooler that water cools down just a little bit and a lot of those fish come up shallow to feed and they'll get around dock lights and stuff like that if you have those on your lakes well for that first couple of hours of daylight especially that first hour a lot of those fish stay up there shallow on on some type of rock or something that that kind of cools down you know, throughout the night, and they'll feed on bluegill and stuff like that. So early in the morning, I love to just burn that bank up with a buzzbait or a whopper plopper, something like that. And in the evening, you kind of see the same scenario, but it's kind of reverse. A lot more schooling type fish, I think, goes on in the afternoons. At least here around my house, you'll see a lot more schooling activity. As that sun kind of starts to go down, they'll start chasing shad, and you'll see those shad kind of come up to the top in pods and stuff. So kind of look for that in August and September as well. 
Great advice. One of the hottest anglers in bass fishing. We're going to be with some more tips and tricks right after this quick break. As always, power pole down and don't go away. Brandon Lester, Aaron, and I will be back in a moment. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment. The power pole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift. PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole. Swift. Silent. Secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio presented in part by Mercury Marine returns with BASS Elite Series champion Brandon Lester in this episode's featured angler spotlight. Mercury Marine, go boldly. Aaron, you know, before the break, we talked a little bit about some summer bassing in the month of August. Obviously, y'all are now heading to Oahe. Man, how does the northern fisheries differ from what we talked about previously in southern fisheries? And, and kind of what are your expectations heading in to this next BASS Elite Series event there in South Dakota? Man, I love northern fishing. I really do. It's something that I really embraced at the first of my career because so much of it is so visual, man. You got a lot of clear water lakes up there. And I just think those fish do not get the pressure that our fish get down here in the south. If you fished up there much, you know those fish are just not as educated, man. And, and a lot of times if you find them, it's like instant response. They're going to bite. And, that, and that's what I love about northern fishing so much. But, you know, expectations for Oahe. I fished there the last time we were there in 2017, 18, whenever it was. And I did not have a good tournament there then. But I feel like, you know, so many times I feel like those tough tournaments are the ones that you learn the most from. And I feel like I learned a good bit about that lake from that tournament. So I'm definitely looking forward to getting back over there. I feel like I'm a better angler now than I was then. At least I hope I am. But I'm looking forward to getting back over there and getting another shot at the lake. You know, we're putting in at a different part of Lake Oahe. Oahe is a monster body of water, and we're putting in at a different part this time. So it'll be fun to get back over there. And, and at this point in my career, I've been doing it nine years now, and I've seen a lot of the places that we go, you know. So it's always cool to go to a place where you don't have much experience and, and break it down and try to put the puzzle together. Well, I would certainly agree that your uh, skill has improved over the nine years of, of your career, Brandon, and certainly the results show that. You know, you spoke briefly about pressure. One question, and maybe this ties right into your last answer there, but do you feel that the northern lakes get tough, and maybe it's more of a relative term, like the southern lakes do during the dog days in the month of August? Honestly, if they do, I've not ever seen it. I, I've spent, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've spent a lot of time on Lake Champlain. I'm not going to say a lot of time, but I've, I've fished several opens and elites on Lake Champlain, for instance, in the month of August. And man, the fishing is just amazing. I mean, it, if they ever have a tough time of the year, I, I have not been up there for it. Honestly, I, I just think it gets so hot in the South, man. And I don't know. It's just kind of the makeup of our fish. You know, in the South, we've got fish dispersed all over the place in, in the months of August and September. You've got some fish deep, some fish shallow. But, man, up North, it just seems to keep rocking on, and they, they just bite. Yeah. 
is uh, I've never been to Oahe, Brandon. Is Oahe a current lake? I mean, is there a lot of current in that lake, or is it, or is it more stagnant? There is a little bit of current in the lake, um, and th- and that's something that I really didn't pick up on the last time we were there. It's such a big body of water that you don't really realize there's current, almost like the Great Lakes. You know, when you're out there fishing, your boat will be drifting, but it's so vast you can't really tell that mm. there's current because you're not sitting next to anything. That's sort of how Lake Oahe is. So that's one of the things that I, I picked up on the last time we were there and talking to a couple of guys after we left. Those fish are, are very current-oriented. So hopefully in knowing that, I'll, I'll know a little bit better about how they set up uh, this time. Sure, sure. I, I guess that current situation also helps that, you know, keeping those fish from getting uh, like, like they do down at uh, even though Gunnersville, Wheeler, Wilson, all the TVA's got current as well. But I mean, you just see that bait fish react so much differently. It seems like, you know, in the right. south and you do in the north and, and the, that plays a, a huge role. Um, I remember a, a tournament that I fished up at Thousand Islands that was in early September and uh, they went from deep to shallow and like two days <laughs> you know it's like oh my god mm-hmm. winter's coming they're eating again you know it's one of those kind of things so it's interesting how those lakes play out obviously a lot different i'll say than than southern lakes so you know you're gonna yeah, you're gonna yeah. blink brandon you're gonna blink and the elite series season is gonna be over here real shortly with this back-to-back basically by the by the end of the month you know 15 days it's kaput you got a southern open left on hartwell in early october how do you envision the 2022 off season and what will you look to accomplish that's going to make Brandon Lester a continued power in 2023 man just keep on catching them um, <laughs> right uh, this, this off season you know actually my wife and I and, and our girls we just bought a camper uh, we bought a like a 28 foot travel trailer bumper hitch we're going to do some camping this fall we're pretty excited about that and we'll use it for you know for tournaments here and there but we mostly just bought it just because the girls enjoy camping and and going to the lake and hanging out as a family i'll do some deer hunting you know i deer hunt during the fall a good bit but and i'll do some crappie fishing that's one thing about me man i'm not just a bass guy i mean i just enjoy the sport of fishing so during the fall you know i'll do some fishing with family and friends because during the season I, i don't get a lot of time not as much time as i would like to do that honestly but you know, just have some fun during the off season and, and, you know, just start getting everything ready for 2023 and try to keep on catching them just as good or, or better in 2023. Well, Brandon, you know, talking about 2023, I hate to uh, leave 2022 because we're, we're here August 15th, but we discussed in the previous segment with, with Bradley Holman the new qualifications for the Opens. What is your thought on BASS staying with the 100 angler field and the 10% elite series field turnover beginning after the 2023 elite series season i like the 100 man field i I feel like that's a good number a good round number and and i like the idea of just setting it and there it is you know I, i feel like it's kind of been variable over over the past few years we've just we've kind of been trying to get the structure down to where to where it needed to be and obviously everybody's got opinions but i think the hundred man field is a good round number, and and I think that's going to be a good deal, man. I, I really do. As far as the opens qualification, do you see that kind of 
becoming a more steady target. You know, the opens have changed so much over the last, you know, six to eight years. You know, from they went from a two division format to back to a three division format where it was, you know, previous to that. They've changed kind of those qualification numbers around. You know, it's you, you hear a lot, obviously, from steadfast open anglers, but you don't hear a whole lot sometimes from the elite series anglers. So what's your take on that and how that process will move forward? Yeah, there's just been so much, so many guys, you know, trying to qualify for the elites the past few years. And uh, I think Bass really made the right call last week when they, they made it where you had to fish all nine events to get into the elite series. And the reason they did that, they're trying to prepare a guy better for when he does qualify for the elite series because let's face it there's been a lot of guys in my nine years on the elite series that you hear about them for a couple of years they qualify for the elites and then they get to certain parts of the country they're great anglers but they don't have the time to learn quick enough and their career can't catch up so you know it it becomes a, a not profitable venture anymore and they don't make it on the elite series that doesn't mean they weren't great anglers doesn't mean they couldn't make it, but they just couldn't catch up in time. So, you know, Bass is trying to prepare guys better for when they do make it on the Elite Series. And, um, look, I get it. I can, I can see it from both sides because I, I had a job. I worked in a factory when I qualified for the Elite Series. Sure, sure. And there's no way I could have took off nine weeks to go fish the Opens. But I would like to think I had such a passion and such a drive for it that I would have found a way. Somehow, somehow along the line, I would have found a way. So I, I do. I think Bass made the right decision, and I know it's a tough call. I know they thought about it a lot, and I can see it from both sides. But I think it was the right decision. I completely agree with you. I, th- I think it was a good move. I think that uh, you know a lot of people feel like it's gonna. I don't know, just change the, the layout, and, and I think that's good. I think changing the layout's fun. So, anyway, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see how it all shakes out, man. It's, it's a great conversation to have. Uh, time will tell where, where we all go in this crazy world of bass fishing. But, uh, Brandon, it's time for a listener question brought to us by Nitro Performance Bass Boats. We had a question that came in from Bill down in Florida. This is a simple question, but good to understand for a lot of weekend anglers. Bill says, I like the fish but it's so dang hot how can i improve my game during this time of year without getting many bites or spending as much time on the water i think it's it's all about time of day man either go that first couple hours in the morning that first couple hours in the evening or maybe try night fishing i mean night fishing is is great man it's a lot of fun and honestly it's one of the most peaceful things you can possibly do because there's hardly anybody on the lake at night and it's just, it's quiet. You don't have to hear the hustle and bustle of the world we live in these days. So try night fishing, man. Uh, You know, throw a big spinner bait, a chatter bait, something that thumps hard, a big plastic worm, something like that. Uh, I've caught a lot of big fish at night for sure. Well, Brandon, it's funny you say that because that's how I kind of cut my teeth into bass fishing was, was starting at night. One question that I, that I have for you, do you feel that if a an angler goes out during the night and catches fish in locations and, and using a particular technique, will those fish bite during the day and will they still be in those areas? What's Can you give us a little of your insight on that topic? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, 
around my house, we catch them out of brush a lot. They'll get in brush piles a lot at night. We'll catch them on a big worm and stuff like that. And then you can also catch them on some flats and like channel drop-offs um, on a big spinnerbait, a big color, single Colorado bladed spinnerbait. And a lot of times those brush pile fish, they will still be there in the daytime. They're just harder to get to bite. Uh, but those fish on those plats and those channel drops that are sitting on like stumps and 15 to 18 feet, a lot of times those fish are not there during the daytime for whatever reason. I think they just kind of move up on those flats at night and feed and kind of hang around those stumps and stuff like that. But it's it's very situational. You know, I'm sure every lake is a little bit different. I know some guys that fish uh, on Lake Gunnersville at night a lot, and they pretty much fish the grass exclusively. You know, there's ledge holes on Gunnersville that hold 100 fish schools every day throughout the summer and those fish leave they vanish at nighttime i've always kind of thought that was kind of interesting but i think it's just because those are current oriented places and they have to be able to see those bait fish um and maybe the bait fish go shallow at night I, i'm not sure why that is but that's a that's a pretty cool question and and something that every situation's a little bit different i think Sure. Yeah. I, I will add real quick too. any time you can spend out there, it doesn't necessarily have to be the most productive time of day or, or obviously you want to stay out of the crazy heat in the middle of the day. But I mean, just getting to know your home body of water is by spending more time on it. You know, Brandon, you talk about fishing brush piles and, and, and you don't find those by not being on the water. So even just island sure. around, taking some water, getting to know, you know, XYZ Creek, just, you know, think of, you know, maybe you just fish, you know, you know, Black Creek or, or, or whatever, you know, creek on your lake and, and just get to know that creek really well for a couple hours. And that'll help you be a better angler, I think, through other times of year as well with more intimate knowledge with your home body of water. So just wanted to toss that little tidbit out there. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, Kirk, good point, because even like Brandon mentioned, you know, using the electronics and, and graphing and side scanning and forward facing sonar and all of those kinds of things, uh, you don't necessarily have to be making a cast. So, so great, great addition there. Brandon, thank you for answering that question. And uh, Bill, we need you to let us know that you heard Brandon answer your question on episode 382. And you can do that by simply logging on to BassEdge.com. Click the Claim Your Prize tab, fill out the information. We're going to get you that Midway USA gift card sent directly to you. And uh, Brandon, I know that hits home with you a little bit. Absolutely, it does, man. I've been working with those guys all year. And Man, they've been great to work with. What an awesome company. They're great people. Yeah, we look forward to seeing them continue to uh, evolve into the, the uh, fishing aspect. Obviously, long-time shooting sports experts there. So, But we want to remind Bass Edge listeners to keep sending in those questions at the show to get your 25 dollar gift card if it's chosen to be mentioned on the show we'll, we'll send that gift card out to you and uh, again midway usa where they have just about everything for shooting hunting and the outdoors well brandon thanks again for being on this august 15th episode of bass edge any uh closing remarks before we we shut it down and then also perhaps throw out uh, how bass edge uh, fans can can follow you on your social media 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I really appreciate you guys having me on again. Look forward to doing it again. And, man, we'll, we're just going to try to finish out this season as strong as possible, like I said. But you guys can follow along. Facebook is Pro Angler Brandon Lester. Instagram is Brandon Lester Fishing. And YouTube, Brandon Lester Fishing on YouTube as well. Awesome. Well, Brandon, good luck on this final Elite Series swing of the year. Uh, be sure to bring back home some of that AOI money. That's going to be uh, great to watch. Bass Edge Nation. Hang in there. Aaron and I will have some closing remarks right after this message. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat? MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. The PowerPole Charge Marine Power Management Station is the most advanced system of its kind available on the market. It does the work of three devices, a traditional battery charger, a charge on the run, and an emergency start system all in one compact unit. The charge lets you run your boat's accessories the way you want to run them by allowing you to monitor and control your power usage through the PowerPole app. It automatically devotes power to the batteries that need it the most for maximum efficiency. The new charge from PowerPole. Power where you need it. Power how you need it. Power when you need it. Kurt, another great episode. I want to get your thoughts because it's worth repeating. You know, what Brandon said, when you're trying too hard to make it happen, you're standing in the path of letting it happen. That's That's got multi-layers right there, brother. <laughs> yeah, man, a, kind of a profound statement, you know, that he, he mentioned that when we bounced off of him, you know, his his success and and why an angler fishes, you know, not, not why an angler fishes more freely after he's, say, qualified for a championship or, you know, he's kind of letting this momentum run. But but what really is it from a fishing perspective that allows it to happen? How do we take that, Aaron, from a from my perspective, your perspective, weekend anglers perspective, how does Brandon take that to a level that he can constantly have that peace and I'll, I'll just call it ingenuity in his mindset that keeps leading him to the bass that are available to catch? Yeah, it's 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 tough. And I mean, otherwise, if, if it was easy, everybody would be in the zone all the time. And I think, you know, just even in other sports. Ooh. The zone. Yeah. We know, we know somebody who talks about yeah, being talk, in the zone. Talks, uh, Dr. J. McNamara, of course. And I think, you know, it is proven that when you're under stress or you're, you're not, uh, relaxed, your muscles tense and, and causes, you know, whether it's shooting a basketball, hitting a baseball, throwing a baseball, making a cast. I, I know when I'm out there and, and thinking about other stuff other than the cast at hand, then I'm leaving the winning fish like you brought up, Kurt. Yeah, we've all done that. We've all fished through winning fish. We do it all the time. We do it more 
than we know. We do it more than we want to know. Hundred <laughs> percent, yes. But 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 you know that that's that process. So so encourage everybody to go out there, take Brandon's advice. You know some great advice too on uh, summertime bassing. So um, take that advice and and uh, let's let's all be better anglers. Aaron, another solid episode, bringing it to the folks. You know keep following us out there on instagram facebook and uh, i i gotta go back and say hey we had a hiccup in our instagram page in, in the month of july but we're resetting all those things and getting that back together so uh keep following us on social media and man i'm looking forward to september's episode and we'll talk about how the elite series swing went down as well as the uh bass pro tour at, i guess it's the uh pro circuit championship up there at uh, thousand islands another fun event to watch and uh, of course the bass pro tour winding up as well and uh, the opens thankfully continuing into the fall aaron yes sir and uh, always fun to be at the mic with you kurt looking forward to that episode 383 on september 1st however 382 is coming to an end and have a great couple weeks everybody uh, stay cool if you can for those that are already going back to school well sorry but uh, in the meantime, like Kurt Ouch. said, yeah, yeah, stay on all things Bass Edge via all of our social media. Uh, we look forward to joining you again for episode 383, September 1st. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin. So long, everybody. The Edge is presented by MegaWare KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Midway USA, Mercury Marine, Power Pole, and Transport Graphics.